Hey sixth graders, welcome to episode nine of Miss K Radio, updates from the world of sixth grade language arts in a very strange school year. I'm glad you're here. This week, we are returning to the story collection, The Circuit by Francisco Jimenez. And as you may recall, this collection of stories is somewhat autobiographical based in his life. And in the last story, the family was moving at the beginning of the story and moving at the end. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, you might want to go back and listen to that one first. That was episode eight. Um, But today we are with the same family again. And this episode of the story is called Inside Out. And again, the author is Francisco Jimenez. being hit on the wrists with a 12-inch ruler because I did not follow the directions in class, Roberto answered in a mildly angry tone when I asked him about his first year of school. But how could I, he continued. The teacher gave them in English. So what did you do, I asked, rubbing my wrists. I always guessed what the teacher wanted me to do, and when she did not use the ruler on me, I knew I had guessed right, he responded. Some kids made fun of me when I tried to say something in English and got it wrong, he went on. I had to repeat the first grade. I wish I had not asked him, but he was the only one in the family, including Papa and Mama, who had attended school. I walked away. I did not speak or understand English either, and I already felt anxious. Besides, I was excited about going to school for the first time that following Monday. It was late January and we had just returned a week before from Corcoran where my family picked cotton. We settled in Tent City, a labor camp owned by Sheehy Strawberry Farms, located about 10 miles east of Santa Maria. On our first day of school, Roberto and I got up early. I dressed in a pair of overalls, which I hated because they had suspenders, and a flannel checkered shirt which Mama had bought at the Goodwill store. As I put on my cap, Roberto reminded me that it was bad manners to wear a hat indoors. I thought of leaving it at home so I would not make the mistake of forgetting to take it off in class, but I decided to wear it. Papa always wore a cap and I did not feel completely dressed for school without it. On our way out to catch the school bus, Roberto and I said goodbye to Mama, Papa, said goodbye to Mama, Papa had already left for work, either topping carrots or thinning lettuce. Mama stayed home to take care of Trompita and to rest because she was expecting another baby. When the school bus arrived, Roberto and I climbed in and sat together. I took the window seat and, on the way, watched endless rows of lettuce and cauliflower whiz by. The furrows that came up to the two-lane road looked like giant legs running alongside us. The bus made several stops to pick up kids, and with each stop, the noise inside got louder. Some kids were yelling at the top of their lungs. I did not know what they were saying. I was getting a headache. Roberto had his eyes closed and was frowning. I did not disturb him. I figured he was getting a headache too. 
By the time we got to Main Street School, the bus was packed. The driver parked in front of the red brick building and opened the door. We all poured out. Robert, who had attended school the year before, accompanied me to the main office where we met the principal, Mr. Sims, a tall, red-headed man with bushy eyebrows and hairy hands. He patiently listened to Roberto, who, using the little English he knew, managed to enroll me in the first grade. Mr. Sims walked me to my classroom. I liked it as soon as I saw it because, unlike our tent, it had wooden floors, electric lights, and heat. It felt cozy. He introduced me to my teacher, Miss Scalapino, who smiled, repeating my name, Francisco. It was the only word I understood the whole time she and the principal talked. They repeated it each time they glanced at me. After he left, she showed me to my desk, which was at the end of the row of desks closest to the windows. There were no other kids in the room yet. I sat at my desk and ran my hand over its wooden top. It was full of scratches and dark, almost black ink spots. I opened the top and inside were a book, a box of crayons, a yellow ruler, a thick pencil, a pair of scissors. To my left, under the windows, was a dark wooden counter the length of the room. On top of it, right next to my desk, was a caterpillar in a large jar. It looked just like the ones I had seen in the fields. It was yellowish green with black bands and it moved very slowly without making any sound. I was about to put my hand in the jar to touch the caterpillar when the bell rang. All the kids lined up outside the classroom door and then walked in quietly and took their seats. Some of them looked at me and giggled. Embarrassed and nervous, I looked at the caterpillar in the jar. I did this every time someone looked at me. Miss Scalapino started speaking to the class and I didn't understand a word she was saying. The more she spoke, the more anxious I became. By the end of the day, I was very tired of hearing Mrs. Miss Scalapino talk because the sound made no sense to me. I thought that perhaps by paying close attention, I would begin to understand, but I did not. I only got a headache, and that night when I went to bed, I heard her voice in my head. For days, I got headaches from trying to listen until I learned a way out. When my head began to hurt, I let my mind wander. Sometimes I imagined myself flying out of the classroom and over the fields where Papa worked and landing next to him and surprising him. But when I daydreamed, I continued to look at the teacher and pretend I was paying attention because Papa told me it was disrespectful not to pay attention, especially to grown-ups. It was easier when Miss Scalapino read to the class from a book with illustrations because I made up my own stories in Spanish based on the pictures. She held the book with both hands above her head and walked around the room to make sure everyone got a chance to see the pictures, most of which were of animals. I enjoyed looking at them and making up stories, but I wished I understood what she was reading. In time, I learned some of my classmates' names. The one I heard the most and therefore learned first was Curtis. Curtis was the biggest, strongest, and most popular kid in the class. Everyone wanted to be his friend and to play with him. 
He was always chosen captain when the kids formed teams. Since I was the smallest kid in the class and did not know English, I was chosen last. I preferred to hang around with Arthur, one of the boys who knew a little Spanish. During recess, he and I played on the swings and pretended to be a Mexican movie star like Jorge Negrete or Pedro Infante riding a horse and singing the corridor we often heard on the car radio. I sang them to Arthur as we swung back and forth, going as high as we could. But when I spoke to Arthur in Spanish and Miss Scalpino heard me, she said, no, with body and soul. Her head turned left and right a hundred times a second, and her index finger moved from side to side as she, as fast as a windshield wiper on a rainy day. English, English, she repeated. Arthur avoided me whenever she was around. Often during recess, I stayed with the caterpillar. Sometimes it was hard to spot him because he blended in with the green leaves and twigs. Every day I brought him leaves from the pepper and cypress trees that grew on the playground. Just in front of the caterpillar, lying on top of the cabinet, was a picture book of caterpillars and butterflies. I went through it, page by page, studying all the pictures and running my fingers lightly over the caterpillars and the bright wings of butterflies and the many patterns on them. I knew caterpillars turned into butterflies because Roberto had told me, but I wanted to know more. I was sure information was in the words written underneath each picture in large black letters. I tried to figure them out by looking at the pictures. I did this so many times that I could close my eyes and see the words, but I could not understand what they meant. My favorite time in school was when we did art, which was every afternoon after the teacher had read to us. Since I did not understand Miss Scalapino when she explained the art lessons, she let me do whatever I wanted. I drew all kinds of animals, but mostly birds and butterflies. I sketched them in pencil and then colored them using every color in my crayon box. Miss Scalapino even tacked one of my drawings on the board for everyone to see. After a couple of weeks, it disappeared and I did not know how to ask where it had gone. One cold Thursday morning during recess, I was the only kid on the playground without a jacket. Mr. Sims must have noticed I was shivering because that afternoon after school, he took me to his office and pulled out a green jacket from a large cardboard box that was full of used clothes and toys. He handed it to me and gestured for me to try it on. It smelled like graham crackers. I put it on, but it was too big, so he rolled up the sleeves about two inches to make it fit. I took it home and showed it off to my parents. They smiled. I liked it because it was green and hid my suspenders. The next day I was on the playground wearing my new jacket and waiting for the first bell to ring when I saw Curtis coming at me like an angry bull, aiming his head directly at me, pulling his arm straight back with hands clenched. He stomped up to me and started yelling. I did not understand him, but I knew it was something to do with the jacket because he began to pull on it, trying to take it off me. Next thing I knew, he and I were on the ground wrestling. Kids circled around us. I could hear them yelling Curtis's name and something else. I knew I had no chance, but I stubbornly held on to my jacket. He pulled on one of the sleeves so hard that it ripped at the shoulder. He pulled on the right pocket and it ripped. Then Miss Scalapino's face appeared above. She pushed Curtis off me and grabbed me by the back of the collar and picked me up off the ground. It took all the power I had not to cry.
going to pause the story there for this episode and we will finish the story next episode. I bet there were some things you could relate to in that episode. The part about the jacket made me think about the story 11 that we read earlier in the year and that red sweater. And the part about being new or not understanding what was going on and how exhausting that could be. I could think of a few different times in my life that connected to that. How about you? I'd love to hear what you thought of this story or this half a story. Send me a note and let me know. Talk to you soon. Take care, sixth graders.